Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Weekly Preview here with the Luch and TJ. Another week, we got a double Monday night football doubleheader, which is kind of the new norm every now and then. What's up, TJ? How was your weekend? How we doing? It was it was a tough weekend for me. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I was not on the Derrick Henry train, and if you were not on the Derrick Henry train. You weren't going to make any money in tournaments. You weren't going to make any money in cash games. And, you know, instead I'm, I'm stuck playing Madison, who gets four points. So, tough weekend overall, but, I mean, I think it was still some interesting things to point to. Like we said, Derrick Henry with the, the smash game. I just never seem to get him right. He always, he always disappoints when I decide to play him and then, you know, knocks off. 90-yard touchdowns when, when everyone else hasn't. But it is what it is. We had the return of Julio Jones, which I thought was pretty interesting this week. Had a massive, massive game that we hadn't seen from him in, in quite a while. And, yeah, just overall, lots of high scores happening yet again. And, and as we look into this coming week, we'll see a ton of, of high Vegas totals and some close games. And it should be a pretty, pretty action-packed slate ahead of us. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one for sure. That Atlanta-Minnesota game was very popular. And it was a week where pretty much all of the leverage plays across the league smashed, right? Many people like Fridley look at his recent production. Many people like Thielen look at his recent production. Look at both of their volumes. Perfect bounce back spot for Justin Jefferson. You know, a guy who has been seeing significantly less volume than Thielen. Played terrible Atlanta defense. He was the one who capitalized. Julio, who has been injury-ridden, um, you know, barely played a couple weeks ago against the Packers, played like a half, and comes back and just absolutely crushes. So this was the leverage week. Another high Vegas game, just reviewing here. Detroit, everybody's like, oh, Stafford and Galladay. Well, we talked about on last week's podcast that the Jags were getting absolutely demolished on the ground. Cue the Joe Mixon game from a few weeks ago, et cetera. Here comes DeAndre Swift, right? Mowing through those Jags. A lot of leverage won a lot of money. And that hasn't always been the case this year so far. Very twisted year. A lot of the quote-unquote right plays kind of were smashing. You know, Ridley when he had the volume. Allen Robinson for weeks. You know, wide receiver one Allen Robinson. Nick Foles, you know, all those guys were pretty much producing. But this was a great week for leverage. And, you know, kudos to the people who, who made the, the, the right decisions. Big shout to Jordan Cooper, 150K. Had a really nice lineup with some great leverage. He had Jefferson and Julio together. Like you said, it's been a while since we've seen that. So it's going to be interesting to see 
you know, moving forward, what goes on. And right when everybody's going to write off Matt Ryan, isn't it weird? Not weird, but a narrative is coach gets fired, team plays well. Matt Ryan balled out. We know the Vikings are banged up, but Houston got rid of Bill O'Brien and uh, Deshaun's been, you know, they've been playing well. We'll get into Houston. We'll get into that game. We'll talk, you know, we'll talk Derek Henry, but Houston's had a gauntlet of a schedule. They're better than, than the public perception and the record shows, but pretty crazy week. A lot of points. What's, what's the first game you want to get into here? There's a lot of high Vegas totals, but however, you're going to talk Falcons Lions, kind of piggyback off the Julio situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can do that. I mean, what do we got a 50, 56 and a half point total here, Atlanta three point home favorites over Detroit. So as, as is almost always the case, I feel like Atlanta is, is the game you want to stack every week. And it's because they've got the high powered offense and, and not so high powered of a defense. So it's going to be going to be interesting to see how people handle the, the Julio versus Ridley thing this week. Now that, that Julio's bounced back and had his big game. We do have, have pricing out this week, which is nice. So we've got Ridley sitting at 7,300 on DraftKings and Julio sitting right below him at 7,100. So essentially the same price. Last week, Julio had 10 targets, obviously went off for the, the massive two touchdown over 100-yard game. Ridley still had seven targets, so it's not like his volume completely went away there. And then, you know, beyond that on Atlanta, no one else saw more than four targets. So Hurst and Gurley both with four, Russell Gage with three. So, you know, Zacchaeus only with two. I think it's regressing back to what we expect with Atlanta, right, where the offense is going to run through Julio. It's going to run through Ridley. Uh, obviously, Gurley is still that option, but continues to see 55 60% of the snaps. So he's not getting a ton of the snap volume, but still seems to be getting the ball plenty. I think we talked about it last week that, that he's still up there in terms of rushing attempts, had another 20 rushing attempts and four targets this week against Minnesota. So don't love Gurley, but, but also, you know, could see going there as a part of a game stack. And then, yeah, on the other side with Detroit talked about Deandre Swift and his big game and, you know, he, he did it on, on relatively low volume. I mean, they're still pretty much working a three back committee there. Adrian Peterson got into the end zone. But it was good to see that Swift was also getting some goal line work too. So it's not like they were exclusively going to Peterson on the goal line every time. Obviously, Swift is going to be their, their back of the future. And, I mean, 14 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns, four targets in the passing game. It's tough because of the snap volume. Let's see. I'll take a look here. Yeah, I mean, he only played 38% of the snaps for Swift. So it's tough to go there in any kind of cash game. Obviously, the this floor is going to be super low, but he certainly showed some upside there. Galladay had, had a nice nice game. I'm sure that he'll be a pretty popular go-to guy. But, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'd be – I'd maybe mostly be looking at the passing games here, looking at Galladay, looking at Julio, and looking at Ridley. Yeah, and uh, Galladay was good, four for 105. He had, let's see, 44% of the air yard market share, which is massive. He's played in four games this – I'm sorry, three games this season, and he's averaging over a third of the air yard market share percentage. So uh, when the ball's going up, it's oftentimes to Kenny Galladay. You know, Marvin Jones had five targets, but turned into two catches for eight yards. You know, Amendola, 30 yards. Uh, but, yeah, pretty pretty poor game script for the Lions' pass game last week. Start uh, Jumped out well ahead. Detroit had 39 carries. I don't know when the last time they've had 39 carries was, but you probably have to scroll pretty far back. That's that's a lot for them. Even workload carry-wise between Swift and Peterson. And when Matt Patricia went there, we know he wanted to run the ball. Just really never really worked out that way. They either never had anybody good enough, healthy enough, or they were always trailing kind of thing. Great matchup for the Lions. Just you know, they kind of got out ahead and started just feeding the ball to their backs. So. Either way, Galladay was still okay. You know, pretty high floor guy generally. Stafford was very popular in cash. Had a obviously subpar game, um, probably partially due to to the script there too. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, I actually had, had Stafford in in some of my lineups as well, some of my cash game lineups. And yeah, I mean, it's just tough, right? That they they're running the ball into the end zone three times. So this could easily have been three passing touchdowns, and then it's a, a completely different 
different spots. So I think that you can certainly look to to Stafford again here as a, a quarterback option if you're looking for more of that mid tier. Although we do we do get some of the the top tier elite quarterbacks back on the slate this week that maybe we didn't have previously. So I know that that was one of the the big top as a conversation for this prior week. Didn't have some of those big dual threats on the main slate this week. We've we've got Russell Wilson, we've got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. So a lot of those Sean Watson, a lot of those dual threat quarterbacks and in, in pretty good game environments that we'll want to look to. But definitely uh, think that that Stafford is is worth consideration against this Atlanta team. Yeah, I agree. Atlanta's atrocious defensively. That that's not going to change. And you know, Stafford burned a lot of people in a lot of cash games. So the recency bias, some people might have a bad taste in their mouth from that. Um, I think you can definitely consider him as well. But yeah, we're pretty talented slate. Nothing like last week. There's, I would consider many of these quarterbacks we're looking at here. So it, it should it should be a, a lot of fun. Uh, this wasn't a game I was going to jump right into, but since we, since we talked about the Jags. I think Herbert's a very interesting candidate to roster for GPPs. Um, Chargers taking on the Jags there. I know we just talked about, uh, you know, Jacksonville getting chunked on the ground. So, you know, if you want to look that way. And Justin Jackson looked pretty good against the Saints last week. Um, Saints were pretty stout front seven as well. So, I mean, I think the Chargers in general might be a nice little GPP offense to target with the full slate and all the talent there. Herbert's been pretty, pretty good. Like, he has surpassed my expectations so far. and. Love what I saw against him against the Saints. He played, what, four games this year? His DK points are 26 and change, 19.7, 24, 27 and change. I mean, four games for a rookie. Favorable matchup against the Jags. The same matchup everybody loves Stafford in, right? You're still going to have your you know, your Herbert. You got big body Mike Williams out there. That's just kind of what I wanted to tie in there. We guess Keenan Allen's probably still questionable. Had that back injury against the Saints. So if Keenan Allen's out, obviously a huge bump to, to guys like Hunter Henry and, and Mike Williams. And I'm very interested in, in the Chargers for tournaments on, on a slate where there's a handful of projected Vegas totals of like 55 and a half or more. So just wanted to throw that one in there, TJ. Yeah, agreed. I like that. <clears throat> I think the Justin Jackson call is is certainly an interesting one. I mean, we're, we're watching that game. He was – he outsnapped. Joshua Kelly, 60-40. I think that going in, we were kind of assuming that it was going to go the other way in favor of Kelly. So, yeah, I think that Jackson is is pretty appealing there. He's 4900 which is a, a cheap price tag. I don't think Jacksonville's been, been doing particularly great against the run, and Jackson's seeing some some targets as well seven targets in his last game. So I think that, that, yeah, like you said, this probably will be a game that goes relatively overlooked and is a good, good spot for a little sneaky game stack there and kind of that second tier of Vegas totals this week. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, on the, on the, yeah. I'm sorry, just real quick in terms of team total, you know, the public might just see, Oh, 49 and a half. Well, there's like five games over 55. Well, the Chargers are eight-point favorites, so their team total is over 28 right now, which is, uh, without looking, just probably one of the probably top four, probably top four on the slate. You know, 28 and a half, I think, or something like that. Uh, just looking at my app here, so sneaky, very sneaky. 4:25 game, late push. Got a couple four o'clock games there. Just kidding. Everybody loves the late push, though. But if you're on FanDuel, you don't really know what's going on, so you have no push. So, anyway, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Let's let's, let's move on here. Yeah, and I was just gonna talk about the the Jacksonville side of the ball. I know we, we touched on it a bit before the show, but it seems seems a little tough week to week to see where the those targets are going to go. D, well, the talk going into this past week was DJ Chark banged up with the injuries, and then he sees 13 targets. So, I mean, I, Chark is someone that, that always interests me from a GPP perspective. I just think that he's a talented guy. has a ton of upside on any given week. And – Obviously, that's a, a lot of volume right there. See, see if it will continue. And then you know, Keelan Cole getting 10 targets, I thought, was, was kind of random. And then you still have Chenault, who got himself seven targets. So I think Chark is the, the guy that I'm most interested on the Jacksonville side. And then I guess you could, you could look at Robinson as well for, for a cheaper running back option. I, I know that there's going to be some more 
expensive running back options on this slate that, that I'm sure we'll get into. I mean, I think that Kamara against our favorite team, the Panthers, is, is going to be a pretty, pretty popular play, and rightfully so. Great, great spot there. Yeah, uh, let's, yeah. We, we can get into that one if you want. And I, I'm, yeah, with I you, uh, I'm with you on the Jags. It's tough to figure out where the ball's going, and I don't necessarily endorse playing – you know, like a, like a Herbert, Mike Williams, and, and not running anyone back. Although it has shown that uh, you can win like that, especially this year we've seen some lineups. So I don't, like, always endorse that, but I can understand if, if you like Herbert and you like Mike Williams or something, if Keen Allen's out, uh, maybe you don't need anybody for the Jags if you're not comfortable, you know, if you're playing something with a limited amount of entries or, or something like that. But I wouldn't exactly run, like, they got like two like like two players with Herbert and not pick anybody from the Jags, but I think you can get away with you know a quarterback and one of his handcuffs out there. Um, but yeah, this Saints game and uh, and the Panthers are our favorite GPP run back team with here. Uh, Bridgewater struggled a little bit, quite a bit against the Bears, who keep winning by the way. And uh, now the Panthers are going to take on the Saints and. You brought up Kamara. I'll give you the floor. We've been, you know, pretty much knocking the Panthers' run defense all season since our first podcast. So, uh, you like them this week, or do you love them this week? Uh, I definitely love them. I mean, I think that that he's pretty much the the premier running back or just player in general in fantasy right now. Has essentially not gone below twenty DraftKings points in any of his games so far. Obviously, does it through the ground, gets a ton of action in the passing game. And I mean, 7,900, that's just, that's just too cheap. I think, you know, I think that he'd probably be in consideration at a thousand dollars more. So I think that once projections and everything start to come out, that, that Kamara is going to pop as the, the first guy into a lot of lineups. If I had to guess, you've got, like we said, high Vegas total on this game, New Orleans, seven and a half point home favorites against the Carolina team that that's just getting shredded. So love Kamara in all formats. Again, it's only Monday, but at first glance, he's, he's probably my favorite, favorite play on the slate. And I'm and Michael, Michael Thomas is still out. Right. So we haven't heard much on that this week. Yeah, I haven't, so- I haven't heard much of anything. So, I mean, as long as he's out, there's just no, not much else to go to on that offense, really. And they just rely so much on Kamara. It's a weird situation. Just just a strange with what he, he punched someone in the mouth last week in practice. Yeah. <laughs> they like, sat him. Yeah. I want to know the backstory behind that. What, he's hurt and then he's benched and it's just, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's, it's a strange one indeed. So regardless of whether or not he's back and playing, uh, Kamara's still the top player on the slate. And then, on the other side of the ball of Carolina, saw a little bit of a of a shift back towards DJ Moore this past week, just pulling up the stats right now. Saw himself 11 targets versus only four targets for Robbie Anderson. So I think that's a bit of a change from what we've been seeing in previous weeks. But I think from a tournament perspective, we can, can play either of those guys. I think those are have clearly emerged as the the two top passing game options for Teddy Bridgewater in the Teddy Bridgewater revenge game, like you said before, before the show. The best kind. Back to, back to New Orleans. So let's go, Teddy. But, yeah, you've got, let's see, DJ Moore, 5,600. Robbie Anderson's probably right around the same. I had to guess. 6,000. So it seems like they're like 6,000, 5,500 every week. So I think both of those guys are, are always going to be in play. And then I, I'm not afraid to go back to, to the well with Mike Davis. He obviously disappointed myself and other folks this week with a very, very mediocre game, salvaged himself with a, a late-ish touchdown. But I'll still go back to Mike Davis. And it looks like he even price came down a bit, down to 6,600. So I think Davis will be in play again. Yeah, still had the vol- 18 carries. The volume is certainly there. Only two targets. Maybe it's an outlier. He's been seeing plenty more every game, way more than two targets. So we'll see what happens there. Curtis Samuel is out. So if he monitored that, if he's out again, love more, love Anderson in this game, either as one-offs, you can consider you know, playing them both maybe with a little Bridgewater stack. I don't know if you're feeling froggy, but uh, definitely 
I like them both. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are combining right now for their 76% of the air yard market share on average of the Panthers, which is incredible. There's nobody else in double digits behind Sam, besides Samuel. They don't use Ian Thomas. You know, he's a young guy. guy. I don't know. I guess he's not ready. People, there's always buzz about him in the last two years in camp. Maybe when Greg Olson leaves, they'll get him involved. Well, he's gone, and they're not. So it's basically that, that's basically it, man. That's it. So I love running them back, correlating them, one of them with Kamara, pretty much in any format. Like I'm, with with the volume and the market share, the air yards, the Vegas total, the game environment. Uh, you, I think you can run either one of these guys and in, in whatever you're playing. So love that. Love the Kamara call. Pair him up with one of these Panthers receivers. I, I could sign off on that. What do you think about? We can talk about Green Green Bay Houston a bit. I mean, how yeah. about Aaron Rodgers just get and getting it handed to him by, by Tom Brady and the Bucks. I mean, that was, was surprising to see. Certainly wasn't, wasn't something that, that I had been expecting. So I know that, that we talk about and I've, and I've heard that this Tampa Bay defense is strong. But, I mean, man, he, complete, he only completed 16 passes on 35 attempts, Rodgers, this past week. I mean, that's, that's about as poor of a game as I can remember Rodgers having in, in quite some time here. And so he's got a, a bounce back spot here against the Texans, who, as you said, have been playing some better football of late after the coaching change. Got a 56-point total. Green Bay still sitting as three-and-a-half-point favorites. But I think that, that this is another candidate for a shootout-type game. Obviously, a number of, of fantasy options that we like to go to on both teams. You've got the Rodgers, Devontae Adams. You've got Aaron Jones on the other side. Will Fuller continues to, to show that, that massive upside after a, another big game this week against the Titans. Saw himself 11 targets, six catches for 103 yards, 123 yards, got into the end zone. So I love a Watson-Fuller stack just about any week, and, and particularly this week as well. I think that's something that you can go back to. Brandon Cooks is, it continues to be doing pretty well ever since the, the Brandon Cook zero-point performance. He's been, been smashing and getting the volume and getting to the end zone. So I think that, that you can stack up a lot of different things in this game. You can go full triple stack, Watson, Fuller, and Cooks. Bring it back with, with Adams. Obviously, you start to get up in salary at that point, so you'd need to find sal- or, uh, pay down elsewhere in your lineup. But really – Really love this game overall. And, yeah, I mean, Houston is just one of those offenses that I like because you know – you pretty much know where the ball is going to go. I mean, David Johnson just hasn't been doing a ton one way or the other. Even when he's getting volume, doesn't seem to be getting more than 12, 13 fantasy points for as any games. I mean, he's he's getting – carries last couple of weeks 19 17 16 carries seen anywhere between two three four targets the volume's not terrible but a lot of the value that we're getting out of Houston is, is through the air with Watson Fuller Cooks so I like that play there for sure and then Adams had a pretty pretty underwhelming game but still saw his eight targets so I think that Devontae Adams is someone that we can certainly look to go back to in the spot. Yeah, I, I have high interest in Aaron Jones. Um, I mean, obviously, we saw King Henry dead last week, but we knew Houston's run defense was exploitable. I think this could be one of those games. You know, he's 700 less than Kamara. You probably aren't going to play both of them, my guess is, based on the elite quarterbacks that are on the slate and a lot of the stud receivers. I mean, I'm sure you could maybe find some value, plug them both in, but I love that pivot a little bit less than Kamara. I'm not saying don't play Kamara. Obviously, he's in a smash spot for sure. But love the Aaron Jones spot. You know, just had a miserable game. The whole Green Bay team, miserable. You know, Jones, 10 carries for 15 yards. I still saw five targets. He's going to be one of these volume guys. It's going to be him and Devontae Adams. If any, if there's anything, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was lighting it up even without Devontae Adams until this game, but they really played a lot of struggling pass defenses. Atlanta, you know, Detroit, 
Um, you know, we saw the Detroit game, you know, New Orleans, nothing, nothing to write home about in the secondary. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore when he's healthy, cool, but you can pass the ball in New Orleans. So love the spot for Aaron Jones for tournaments here. And yeah, I, I like the game, like the game environment in general should be, should be pretty high scoring. And, you know, a lot of people are, are bashing the Texans, but they just had a gauntlet of a schedule. Kansas City, one loss pending tonight's game, Monday's game, Baltimore, one loss. Pittsburgh undefeated. Minnesota, one win. I get it, but, you know, they've shown flashes. Jacksonville, okay, they're a joke. Titans, undefeated. So they played two undefeated teams, and they played the cream of the crop in Kansas City and Baltimore. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think their record really reflects the talent that's on this Texans team. You know, you see that win-loss record, you're like, wow, Houston stinks. Well, they probably should have beaten the Tennessee Titans this weekend, and I'm a Titans fan, so I'm, I'm being real. The Houston team's still good. That offense is legit, and I, I love the I love the, the game stack idea here. So I'm with you. I, it'll probably be one of the more popular games. And when Will Fuller's healthy, we know what he does. And Brandon Cooks is coming alive. Obviously, after Brandon Cooks' chalk week, he comes alive. That's how it always works. So, so here we are. I, I, I like it. So it's going to be a very attractive game for DFS. What's your next favorite game for, for DFS on this slate, TJ? Let me, let me ask you that. All right. You got to love Seattle, Arizona, I would say. Obviously, Seattle, Seattle's coming off a bye. Arizona is playing later tonight as we're recording on a Monday, so we don't have any immediate prior week stats to look at. But what we do have is a 55-point total. We've got Seattle sitting as three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road coming into Arizona, two offenses that are, are pretty high-powered, two quarterbacks that are of that dual threat ver- dual threat variety can get it done not only through the air but also with the legs a bit and again two offenses where you know where the ball is going to go right on Seattle we've got Russ who I mean pretty expensive 8,000 is a lot to pay up at quarterback so could actually be a a unique spot where you get Russ at I mean I think at that price he's going to be pretty low owned I just don't know how much uh, that's expensive at the quarterback position. And then Kyler's at 7,100, which I think is a, a little bit more reasonable. And so maybe you see more ownership go that way. And then on the Seattle side, from the receiver's perspective on DraftKings, we've got Lockett, 6,600, Metcalf, 7,200. Seems like those are two guys that, that flip-flop back and forth every week on, on who the higher-priced guy is. I think Metcalf obviously seeing the the price bump after his massive game the last time out. And then obviously we've got Hopkins on the Arizona side who's sitting at, where's he at? 8,200. So he's the most, most expensive wide receiver on the slate. So it's an expensive game to stack, I guess is something I'll say, which maybe that, that leads to, can we find some cheaper pieces in this offense that are going to go, overlooked but also get us some exposure to this game so uh, Christian Kirk is someone who I think had a lot of hype coming into the season for Arizona and hasn't done anything yet maybe he'll do something tonight on Monday but I think he's maybe the unique piece I mean on the Seattle side it's hard to it's hard to really get too crazy outside of Metcalf and Lockett the targets just aren't there even so, for Lockett, he's had nine total the last two weeks. I, I'm liking this spot for him now. It's like people, this might be what people needed to see to get off of him, right? Two weeks with not a ton of volume, but yeah. it's not like he's hurt. It's not like he's bad. It's kind of just the way the last two weeks have played out. So obviously Metcalf's been unbelievable, but I am interested in Lockett. 6,600, very fair in that game. Very fair. Agreed. Yeah, because I mean, it's going to, if you want to try and play like, Russ, Metcalf, and Hopkins, I mean, that's like, that's eating up a lot of your salary there. I and mean, if you're going to do that, then you have to get off of, of Kamara. So I haven't started building any lineups this week, but it does, it does seem like some of these receivers are, are priced up, which should, should tighten up things overall because it's hard to pay for some of these elite receivers and these elite quarterbacks and also get in, you know, a Kamara or a Zeke or an Aaron Jones higher end type running back. So I think that that should make it interesting, but yeah, I, I think that this game obviously has 
shoot out potential. It's just a matter of can we can we find the right pieces for the right salary that that fit with the rest of our lineup and or do we want to just go all in on on playing all the guys in this game and then looking at some cheaper running back wide receiver options? We didn't have a ton of injury stuff open up this past week. The the one thing that would have opened up would have been Philadelphia running back since since Sanders is not going to be out there on the Thursday slate. So we could have could have had Boston chalk no. 2.0 and watch that fail on us again. But it's uh, the worst kind of chalk. We can do it on Thursday showdown instead. <laughs> Great. On the flip side, love Kyler, love Hopkins. Seattle just lets wide receiver ones rip them every every week. Any above average wide receiver one just rips Seattle and they just let it happen. I think it's a good spot for Kyler and Hopkins. Like you said, very expensive game. I get it. Very expensive game. A lot of options on the slate, too. A lot of high totals, a lot of high team totals. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see that, too. A team that scored a lot last week. Pittsburgh scored 38 points. Ben Roethlisberger had 10 DraftKings points. 10. 38-7, Pittsburgh romped Cleveland. Uh, Roethlisberger, 14 of 22, only threw the ball 22 times. Now he gets the Tennessee Titans, who surprisingly have transformed into an offensive football team, and the defense is absolutely injured and nowhere to be found. He had 75-year-old Jonathan Joseph on the outside, Malcolm Butler, who loves getting beat on double moves on the other side. I don't know, Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't done anything since it's been quite some time since Juju's been on a nice GPP winning lineup, and he's 5,500. Uh, just a weird game last week. You know, Pittsburgh found other ways to score. Fitzpatrick had a pick six. Uh, Juju had, what, four or five targets or something like that, maybe? Like, yeah. he just hasn't been getting the volume. Four targets. Uh, he hasn't had more than five targets since the Denver game. Uh, and Claypool only had four. Made the best of them. Got pushed out inside the five-yard line twice. He could have scored twice, too. But I get it. The Titans are 5-0. and That's great. But they're giving up yards and points they don't have the personnel to play man defense they're playing a lot of zone I think Juju's in a nice uh, kind of GPP spot here I mean what what kind of ownership do you think are people going to get you know what, in, looking at this Pittsburgh stack I mean what what are your thoughts on that yeah it's a great question it's interesting because Juju's actually 200 cheaper than Claypool now wow and obviously Claypool was was one of the chalky options this week but I think Juju was 66 or 6,700, and now he's come down to be cheaper than Claypool. So, I mean, my people love their recency bias. So my, my assumption is that Claypool will still be higher owned than Juju. And, I mean, I think, I think you get Juju under 10%. That'd be my, again, yeah. early Monday thoughts. But I don't, see, I don't see a ton of people going to him. And, if, I mean, if you're looking at a game log – there's there's not much not much to be thrilled about since the first week but i think that this is the the classic kind of get right spot where in tournaments you can go back to him at extremely low ownership and i mean we obviously know that juju has a ton of potential he's done it before he did it for a whole season last year and the other guy that people probably aren't going to go back to is is the big dog derrick henry and obviously it's not, not the best matchup against Pittsburgh, but I mean, I, I like Derrick Henry the most when he's in that lower owned, because I, I think he's a guy where the matchup doesn't really matter. Like he's either going to get his 80 yard touchdown or he's not like, he literally has that upside any given week. And my first thought is that no, similar to what you said with Aaron Jones. I mean, I think that you've got, you got four running backs over 7K. You got Kamara, you got Zeke, and then you got Henry and Aaron Jones. And, I mean, I think that, that people are much more likely to go the Kamara and Zeke route, which would leave Aaron Jones and, and Derrick Henry pretty underowned. So, again, not the best matchup, for, but for a, a GPP game theory type of play, I like that option. And then, I mean, we could go back to – A.J. Brown had himself a nice nice little weekend as chalk 
this week. What do you have? Eight, eight targets? Not fantastic. Not great. <laughs> Anthony Ferkser had 10 targets. That's kind of funny. Harvard. Harvard's <laughs> finest, baby. How about the beginning of this slate? Like the first five people to score a touchdown. It was like guys that you've never heard of <laughs> or have only heard of during a showdown slate. Yeah. Like guys that are completely not in play. We're just scoring touchdowns like crazy to start the slate. I, I always find it funny when that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think on the Tennessee side, AJ Brown. Is t- so Tannehill, is he just legit good? Like, I, I think, at he, I don't think did we just say Tannehill seems decent. Like, yeah, I don't think he's bad. Every week. Yeah. I, 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 watch, I watch a lot of, a lot of Titans football, and I don't think any RBs matter. Derrick Henry might be it. Like, it, he's seeing eight, nine in the box, and that may, you know, play action, good, good offensive scheme. It helps Tannehill quite a bit. A lot of people are like, well, he can't drop back and throw. He had 220 yards and three touchdowns on straight drops against the Texans this week. So Henry helps quite a bit, but Tannehill is certainly not bad. I will say, though, that this Pittsburgh team has some serious guys you can rush the passer. Obviously, Devin Bush towards ACL. That hurts. That hurts for Pittsburgh. However, Taylor Luan, best tackle in front of Derrick Henry and Tannehill towards ACL. So it's kind of like each – team lost a significant chess piece in, in what's going to happen in the trenches in this game in the battle of unbeatens. I will say this, that the backup for Taylor Luan, Ty Sambrello came in on the first play that Luan went out. JJ Watt comes in, strip sacks Tannehill. The Texans pick up the ball on the Tennessee four yard line. So I am as a fan, extremely nervous about what they're going to do to move the ball. If you stack the box, get Henry, I get, I get it. Play action is everybody's best friend. But I don't know if there's going to be time. I know PFF had, had like, four of the top five uh, defensive pa- pass rushers in the league in pressures were on Pittsburgh. Bud Dupree, monster and company. T.J. Watt, monster. I'm sick of the Watts. They're too good, all of them. So, uh, I, I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot of quick stuff out of Tennessee, and they might not be in rhythm. I'm assuming a lot of quick three-step drops, you know, looking for the, the quick outs and slants. But you're right. No one's going to be on Derrick Henry on this slate. And it's funny because he just read for 200 yards. So usually, you know, speaking of recency bias, that doesn't typically happen. But when you have a guy from smashing like Kamara and Pittsburgh is getting all the hype and rightfully so, the defense is playing at at an extraordinarily well level, that Henry is a good tournament target. Because you know you're getting the volume. The volume, they're going to, they have to run him to establish the play action game and you have to honor the run with Derrick Henry. He's, he is the only running back that matters in football. I mean that in like a very polite manner, but especially to that scheme, the volume is going to be there. You know, can they get the ball inside the 10? He dumps it in twice. Yeah, of course. He has six touchdowns in the last three weeks, right? So certainly possible. That's going to be a fascinating game. I like it for tournaments. Um, if I had to rank them, I like Aaron Jones a little more, I think. But yeah, talk about some of the highest ceiling on the slate, especially on FanDuel. I mean, you know, very touchdown dependent site. You know, you can kind of create your own live scoring as the day goes on, just kind of guess where you're at. A lot of moving parts there in the Tennessee Pittsburgh game, but I think it's a juju week, man. I, I truthfully do. I think those are all the, the big hitting games. I mean, we can certainly touch on a couple other ones. I mean, Kansas City, Denver, somewhat every week. I mean, like we always say, you don't need, don't need to spend a ton of time on Kansas City. Obviously, Mahomes can always be in play. Kelsey will be in play. Uh, continue to monitor the – I'm assuming that Hawkins is probably going to be out again. So, depending on, on what target chair ends up looking like on this Monday night game, could have guys like Hardman opening up as, as values. Although, at the time of this recording, I, I think he – has zero targets even in the first half. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, on the Denver side, I don't think there's a ton to love there. So I I, I prefer Kansas City in games where it's going to be a shootout and an evenly matched game, especially with them adding Le'Veon Bell now. Like, that's just going to muddy the, the waters further in terms of uh, uh, Edwards Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, some sort of split likely to occur there. So – not my favorite week for, for Kansas City. I would say that that Kelsey would probably be the person that I look to there as a one-off just because anytime we have that option to, to pay up for a premium tight end and, and separate ourselves from the field, I like that. Here's one of those games where 
I'm just not quite sure why the how the total gets to where it is. We got Cleveland and Cincinnati, 51 and a half point total. I was just going to say, I was just going <laughs> to say to piggyback off of the Steelers. I tell you what, Kareem Hunt, like the price, 6,800, had 13 carries in a horrible game script last week. We know he's pretty much the primary playmaker right now in that run-based scheme. And Cincinnati has been brutal against the run. Not quite sure where the points are all going to come from there myself. Although Joe Burrow did look pretty good against Indy. I like Kareem Hunt a lot, a lot. Um, I think he might even be cheap enough where you might be able to figure out some Kamara Hunt teams or something like that. And you know, with how chalky Kamara is going to be, and probably Zeke by default, although Washington's run D has been pretty good, but I think he gets some pretty good ownership on Kareem Hunt too. I, I think that's a very intriguing spot to go back to him. You know, talk about recency bias. He didn't do anything last week. The whole, the whole team didn't do anything last week. He's my favorite play in that game. Yeah, I like that. A.J. Green almost got 100 yards. Whoa. 17.6 draft king points. Was that his total from the, from the whole year? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> he basically matched his total from, from previous games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he did have 11 targets, eight catches, 96 yards. I, 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 still, I still don't want to play A.J. Green. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather play T. Higgins. Personally, someone with a little, little more jump. He saw eight targets this week. So he's now – so Higgins has now seen in the last four weeks nine, seven, eight, eight targets. Not bad. Not bad for a cheaper guy. Again, he's, he's not going to be a, a core play of mine, but I think that a, a cheaper, lower-owned option. I mean, it seems like we're going to be looking for value this week. I feel like a lot of the guys that we're talking about are expensive guys. So we got to find some value somewhere. I'm sure that that's something always tends to open up as the, the week progresses. But as of now, it seems like there's, there's a lot of great options that you want to pay up for. And, and we need to look for value somewhere. And I don't know, maybe even, even T Higgins is 5,300 though. He was in a lot of GPP winners. Money. Not a lot, but yeah, he was in some uh, two or 3% owned last week. At low ownership. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, th- this could be one of those, you know, m- maybe this seems like a game where you can get a, a cheaper game stack in and then fill around with the expensive, chalkier options that we've been talking about, like the, you know, the Camaros of the world. Because it, it, seems, it seems like that, it seems like there's one of two options in GPPs this week. You're either, you're either paying for one of these, like, super games as they're your game stack, but it's going to cost a lot of your salary. And so then you need to find one-off pieces to go with it that are cheaper, or you play some of the, these chalkier high end, good high projected plays, and then find a cheaper low end game stack that is also likely to be lower owned. And that, that'd be kind of my, I think that that's a good thought here. No one's going to want to stack Cleveland Cincinnati. I mean, that's, should be low owned and then you can fit in people like Kamara, people like, you know, Metcalf or Hopkins, whoever you want. So that's an option there. Yeah. Don't drop the ball folks. Get on over there. Roto grinders, Roto grinders, premium stuff. I know you got a GPP article once a week. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, I do. Comes out on Fridays. Usually T Higgins was one of my, my GPP guys this week. Yeah. I'm fire with that article lately. You guys are missing out. Don't drop the ball. Get on over there to Roto Grinders. We have a ton of great GPP contrarian minds. And Jordan Cooper, I mean, results speak for themselves. Great week for Jordan. ton of guys. I can't even name them all. Another thing you don't want to drop the ball is when you're taking care of your own. Let me tell you a little bit about Manscaped, DJ. Although you probably already know. We've talked about Manscaped before on the show. They have a ton of good technology. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade. Always good to have replacements available which helps reduce grooming accidents. Talk about accidents was my cash game lineup last week where I had Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, and no Derrick Henry. But with Manscaped, you can avoid a lot of accidents. Their new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. Crop Cleaner Body Wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. Manscaped has really evolved. I mean, look at these guys. Check them out. Get on over there, manscaped.com, with your code ROTO, R-O-T-O, 
get 20% off and free shipping. Don't drop the ball. Don't have an accident. Get over there and read TJ's GPP articles and then get over there to manscaped.com with code ROTO, R-O-T-O, for your 20% off and free shipping. One game I don't think we should spend much time on is the Jets and the Bills, other than saying Bills defense will probably be chalk. Bills are having a short week. You can go to back to Josh Allen. You could, I wouldn't argue with any exposure on, on the Bills side of that game. So – with all the you know all the high totals and all the elite quarterbacks, like we mentioned, I mean, is it possible that Josh Allen's under owned? Josh Allen and Diggs kind of thing. Is it possible? Yeah, I, I would think so. I think, yeah, I think that'll be under owned. I mean, just because it, it makes it harder to to want to run back a, a game stack with anyone from the Jets, and and when people play their quarterback in tournaments, they're obviously looking for the most part at this point at a a game stack pairing them with at least one of their own receivers, if not two, and then someone else on the other side. And yeah, I just, I can't, I can't speak up for anyone on the jet side of the ball. Just, just doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. And the, I mean, the jets are just bad. So yeah, Josh Allen digs one of those pairs that that's always viable. Obviously Josh Allen brings the, the rushing upside to the table, but it's just hard to do in a game where, the Jets are likely to – or, sorry, yeah, the Jets are likely to just get steamrolled. I think Buffalo defense, like you said, any defense against the Jets going to be chalky, going to be viable, but, but for good reason. There's not a, a ton to love on that side of the ball. Let me ask you this. If Raheem Mostert's out, we don't know how severe his injury is. He left the game. Can you play Jamichael Hasty at 4,200 against New England in one of the best schemes in football? Interesting. I'd have to even look up. So who who are we working with here? Jamichael Hasty. I did not make him up. He is not a Madden okay. creative player. I'm looking him up as we speak. Came in at nine carries, out-touched McKinnon, who was the guy before. He was the guy the last couple of weeks when Mostert was out. He had a couple of chalk weeks. So, eh, I have slight interest in multi-enter and, and Jamichael yeah. Hasty if Mostert's out. I did not know who he was before I watched the game and I looked him up. I'm not going to lie. I, I watch a lot of football. I had to look up Jermichael Hasty. Yeah, you just mentioned his name and I'm like, I have no idea who that is. But yeah, I mean, hey, we said we need some value this week. Maybe he's the value that, that is going to open up that we're looking for. To Could be. In these, high st- these high total games and stuff. Another big uh, notable, uh, I guess, news item from last week is that Cam Newton returned in the loss to Denver. Brutal game. Pretty ugly. Um, still mustered 20 DK points, though. 10 rushes, 76 yards, and a tutty for Cam. Um, obviously, he's going to take on the Niners, which just doesn't seem like a very appealing fantasy game. But good to see Cam back on the field. It's good to have him back. And yeah, I mean, I think that – I think that what you just described there just shows his floor, right, of, of a rushing quarterback, like – Probably has one of the worst games that he could have and, and still finds a way to get himself 20 DraftKings points. And, and that's just the value that you get with someone that that can rack up those points on the ground. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be another fun week. Stack up the games in GPPs. I mean, I think at this point uh, on Roto Grinders, you can go go back, look at results DB, something that I do myself every Monday and I mean, you look at the top of these tournaments, and it's very rare to see anyone win tournaments without a game stack anymore. And, I mean, it's usually it's usually a four-player stack, if not more. So, usually it's a quarterback, two receivers, and a receiver on the other side. Just the optimal way to build for tournaments. And it really, what it does is just eliminates the number of things that you have to get right. Right, because you're basically saying, okay, I think that this game is going to be high scoring, and I'm going to pick four players from this game. Obviously, you need to get the the players right, but you're just trying to make one statement of, oh, I think this game is going to be high scoring. Whereas, if you're trying to pick four different players from four different games, you're trying to get four individual things to be the right thing, and you got to be right four times instead of potentially one time. Hopefully, everyone knows that by now, but 
continue to to stack up those games and and find the leverage in the high scoring games, right? Atlanta, Minnesota. Justin already talked about it, but perfect example from this past week. It wasn't about going Calvin Ridley and Adam Thielen. It was about going Julio Jones and Justin Jefferson. So I think that those those slight pivots, and I mean, I'm looking at the Wildcat winner right now. They even had Hayden Hurst in their lineup, right? Hayden Hurst, 2% owned, only got 15 fantasy points, right? It's not like Hayden Hurst alone broke it, but they have a Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, add on Hayden Hurst just because of the high-scoring game. I don't know why that thought just came to my mind, but I just think more and more it's becoming clear that, that game stacks are what win GPPs, and particularly when you can find some lower-owned pieces in the games that shoot out. That's what's going to win us some tournaments. Can I pump up your blood pl- blood pressure before we get out of here real quick? Yeah, what are you going to hit me with? You know who scored a touchdown last week? Oh, Logan Thomas. Logan yes, stinking I, I meant, Thomas. I've had that thought when I when I saw that, and I'm like, that's like six weeks too late at this point. Uh, Do we have big volume again? We didn't talk about him. No, he had like, four I feel targets. Like we talked about him every week for like three weeks, and he did absolutely nothing. And then we probably didn't even mention him last week, and then he finally scores a touchdown. We might as well just have like an ugly tight end segment every week to wrap up the show because you're getting that again this week pretty much outside of Kittle and Kelsey. Um, we don't really know. Our boy Robert Tonian had a $1,600 price decrease in a game where the Green Bay offense as a whole did nothing. I like going back to him this week against Houston. We talked about that positive game environment and all the points there. So just wanted to throw Tonian in there. You know, significant price drop, I guess, because there's more more options on this slate, I suppose. But I like Tonian. And Austin Hooper, quietly uh, very relevant in this offense now. Last three weeks, seven targets, ten targets, six targets, and uh, double-digit DK points the last three as well. Obviously, he had a, a helpful game script against the Steelers where they were just getting slaughtered for most of the game. But he's 4K flat, which is very friendly. So I think those would be two of um, more of my heavy exposures in my builds. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. I like it. I agree. Tight end is, is like playing roulette these days. But that's and, that, and that's why, I like, when we can afford to get up to a Kittle or, or a Kelsey, I think that I don't know if we're going to be able to afford it this week, though, with so many other high-end plays that we want to get in. So finding some of those values, like you just said, is going to be going to be key. DJ, where can the people find you on the Twitter machine? And what's your content schedule like coming up? The people can find me at TJL5124 DFS. Uh, be coming out with my NFL GPP article on Friday, as I do every week, and then continuing to to grind out the golf content for any of any of you PGA folk out there as well. I'm always doing uh, my value plays article as well as the expert rankings, expert survey, all that fun stuff for golf. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, TJ. You can find me on Twitter at the J Carlucci. Hit us up. Hey, subscribe, like, give us some feedback. What do you want to hear on the podcast? You got any questions, feel free to send them in and we'll talk about them on the next show. We want to hear what you got to say and maybe just talk about your weekend and your lineups. So for TJ LASIK, I am Justin Carlucci. Enjoy your week and good luck, everybody.